three. Thank you, choir and our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. While you're turning to Luke chapter 2, let me just say a special thank you. This has been a busy week around the church. Uh, we had Thanksgiving. Of course, we had our Thanksgiving benevolent meal. We had so many people serving, so many people working, getting things ready for that. And so we had guys smoking turkeys and women fixing the dressing. And it's just so much going on and people coming to, to serve and to deliver. We ended up delivering um, 590 plates. Five, nine. That's something to rejoice about. And so I've already received some calls. I received some calls uh, Thanksgiving afternoon. Uh, people thanking us for coming by and, and bringing a meal. And so I praise the Lord for the opportunity to do that. But also I praise the Lord for you and serving and taking care of everything. And everything went really good. Then I come back Friday, and the church is, I mean, uh, yeah, Friday, and the church is decorated for, for the Christmas season, and I want to thank the ladies and anyone who had uh, help, my hand, in getting things ready for this morning. There's a lot goes on around here between Sundays, and especially during this time of the year, and so I thank you so much for using your natural abilities and your spiritual gifts, and thank you for Serving the Lord in the way that you do. Just wanted to say that. Luke chapter 2. I want to share a sermon entitled, What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Don't start shouting out anything, but just think about that. What do you want for Christmas? Luke 2, verse 22 and following. And in the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, now they're at the temple, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon. Choir, thank you, Rachel. Thank you for leading, us, leading the choir in that song about Simeon. That's what this is all about, part of it today. This man's name was Simeon. The same man was just, devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was on him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ or the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him upon his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. 
Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phenuel, of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God fasting and prayers night and day. And the coming in that was instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had formed all, these, all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom and grace. The grace of God was upon him. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity that I have to stand and share your word this morning. Thank you for each person here. And Father, I pray now that you would speak to my heart, to our hearts, through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning I want to share just a little simple outline. I was looking, came across a person, I believe his name was uh, Brian Beal. Had just a simple outline, I want to use that this morning. What do you want for Christmas? You know, the two things that I've noticed during the time during this time of the year with children and with adults, is that we have a long list and we have a long time to wait. Christmas is associated with wanting. It's also associated with waiting. I remember as a child, I, was, I, I had the top of my list, I had a gin Autry guitar. I was about three or four years old. Judy and I was talking about this. I wanted this Gin Autry guitar. He would come on, you know, Gin Autry movies, and he'd, he'd go off singing, playing this guitar. I wanted one of those guitars. And um, that was the top of my list. It was, a, it was a long time to wait for that guitar. We called it a guitar. Back then I was calling it a guitar. I wanted a Gin Autry guitar. And so I remember on that Christmas morning, I ran to our little living room there, and it wasn't on the tree, but I went over to the, to the wall and leaned up against that wall was my Gene Autry guitar. How about that? Did any of you remember these besides me? Raise your hand. Anybody? Oh, three. Okay. <laughs> Some of you don't want to raise your hand. But... Uh, I saved this over the years. They don't have but three strings. My sister broke the fourth one. I dropped it. I dropped it, but I blamed her with it, and I blamed her for breaking the string. She was the catch-all there at the house. But this was, this was uh, very important to me. That's what I wanted. That's what I had to wait for. For a long time. I thought it was a long time. Let me ask you what you want for Christmas. Now that was important to me, that guitar. What are you wanting? What are you wanting for Christmas? 
Are you longing for anything? Are you looking forward to anything uh, special? Are you looking for anybody special? You're looking for a relative to come home for Christmas? Maybe a close friend or maybe someone's moved out of town over the years. I called, a, I called my first cousin. His name's Alfred Butler. I called him. He lives in Chicago. Called him day four yesterday. Spoke again with him last night. His name's Alfred Butler, but we called him Potty, and I figure you know why we called him that. I called another cousin of mine in Chicago. I'd like to see them in Indiana. I'd like to see them. I hope they get to come home for Christmas. You're looking forward to a friend or relative from out of town. Well, in Luke chapter 2, we find two people who are in, they're in the Christmas drama, but uh, they're very seldom talked about. Simeon and Anna. Now, you won't find them displayed in a nativity set. <clears throat> you won't find the pictures on a Christmas card anywhere. But these are very two important players in the Christmas story as you read Luke chapter 2. We just read their part. Both of them are individuals who are waiting for something and someone. Verse 25, you'll notice, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just, he was devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel. He was... Um, the Bible says he was a, a just man. He was a righteous man. He was just. He was, right, he was right with God. The Bible also says that he was a devout man, meaning that he was reverent toward God. But Simeon was uh, living in a time where things weren't going very well for the nation Israel. So they, they were really struggling because, you see, the nation Israel at this time time of Simeon, they had not heard a word from God in almost 500 years. They were under the rule of Romans. They had no political independence whatsoever, and they were living in fear of a person by the name of King Herod. Many were wondering, is the Messiah ever going to come? Look at verse 26. And he was, and it was revealed unto Simeon by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. And so Simeon had a reason for hope. He was told, no doubt by the Spirit of God, that he would not die until he saw the Messiah, Christ Messiah. And so his expectations focused on seeing the consolation, the comfort that Christ would bring, the Messiah would bring, to Israel. And one of the greatest titles that the Messiah is given is the title Comforter. Simeon and the people all around him needed Jesus to bring comfort to them. I mean, they prayed for comfort, they sung about comfort. We, hear, we sing a song perhaps referring to that, Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel, free captive Israel. And so he was, he was wanting comfort. He was needing comfort. So the point is, comfort is a universal need. He needed comfort, and some of you may need comforting. 
You may be struggling with emptiness. You may be struggling with loneliness. You may be struggling with insecurity. Or, I mean, you're desperate. You know, this is a very difficult time of the year. This time of the year, this Christmas season, is the worst time of the year for depression, and they tell us for suicide. So many people need comforting. They can find it. You can find it in this person by the name of Jesus. Look at verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple... So he, he went to the temple, led by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to go to the temple just on the right day, just at the right time that Mary and Joseph was bringing Jesus into the temple. Remember, he wasn't going to die until he saw the consolation, the comforter of Israel. And so here he was, Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel means God with us. So here he is. God's with us to, to, to make everything right, to bring us the comfort we need. He's, he's God with us. Being with us, he will eliminate our fear. He will eliminate our loneliness, our rejection, and he's going to bring comfort to the Jew. But notice also, he's going to bring comfort to the Gentile. Look at verse 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. So he's going to bring comfort to the Jew, but not only the Jew, but to Gentiles. So Simeon, he was, he was waiting wanting comfort. But then you have this person by the name of Anna. Look at her. Anna was waiting for redemption. She was waiting for forgiveness. She was looking for the same person, but she was looking for the same person for a different reason. Redemption. The Bible says that after her husband died, she dedicated herself fasting and praying in the temple. The Bible says that she never left the temple Day and night. Look at verse 37. Verse 37 says, and this, She was a widow of about fourscore, four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. She was always at church. That would really rip some of you, I can tell. She was at church. And she wanted to be at church. Instead of looking for comfort, she was looking for forgiveness. She needed a touch of redemption. Things were not right in her life. Now, the word redemption is related to the idea of captivity. Let me explain. In the Old Testament, the Passover, the exodus out of Egypt, was thought of in Anna's day as the ultimate redemption, being led out of captivity, out of Egypt. It was a symbol of God's power to, to release captives. Redemption, releasing captives. But the point is, the Passover, the Exodus, simply pointed to a day that God would deliver, He would redeem people from their sins. Therefore, when Anna saw baby Jesus, she just gave thanks to God and she spoke to others, the Bible says, and here is redemption, here's forgiveness. If you're going to ever find forgiveness for your sins, you'll find it in, only in the person by the name of Jesus. He's the great Redeemer. He's the Redeemer. So the point is, Jesus provides what we need. To Simeon, He provided comfort. To Anna, He provided forgiveness. So the big question is, what are you wanting for Christmas? What do you need in your life? 
I mean, what is it that you need? Not material things. I'm speaking about spiritual. I'm speaking about emotional. I'm speaking about mental. I'm speaking about physical, perhaps. Whatever it is, Jesus can give it to you, and apart from Him, you'll never have it. So, can you identify with Simeon? You need comfort. Can you identify with Anna? Simeon, comfort, lonely, afraid, kind of maxed out, confused. Do you need the consolation of Israel? Or do you need kind of a fresh sense of God's presence in your life? Or, or can you identify with Anna? You suffer from guilt this Christmas? Uh, is there some sin, some lifestyle, some addiction in your life? You know, I'm reading the other day, you're talking about addiction. You, you, people think about drugs, they think about alcohol, they think about, you know, there's gambling. I was listening to the report on TV this morning about gambling and pro football and how terrible it's gotten with players in pro football gambling. But it could be pornography. We're told that 75% of the, male, the males in church have looked recently within 24 hours at pornography. You feel trapped in a pattern of sin and you can't break out. You've tried and you try to turn over a new leaf and it, it hasn't worked. The point is, if you need release from that bondage and that captivity, Jesus Christ and only Jesus can give it to you. Now listen real close. In order to have redemption, there's three things you have to deal with. In order, let me say it this way, in order to receive comfort first, like Simeon, in order to receive redemption, like Anna. Three things, first of all, you must deal with. First of all, you must, be, you must, be a, you must begin to marvel. You must begin to marvel. Marvel. Mary and Joseph, they begin to marvel at their, they begin to marvel at their son Jesus. They marveled at him. They couldn't understand. They were astonished. They, that word means, marvel means to be filled with wonder and astonishment and surprise. Do you marvel at Christmas? When we talk about Christmas as the birth of Jesus, do you marvel at that? Are you, are you a marveler at Christmas? Or are you just caught up in the commercialism of Christmas? Are you just running around as as the old saying, like a chicken with its head cut off? Or do you take time to marvel at Christmas? Are you making Christmas a holy day or a horror day? How are you reacting to Christmas? How do you feel when you hear the story about the birth of Jesus? Do you marvel at that? Have you heard the Christmas story so much that it no longer astonishes you? You need to recapture the marvel of Christmas. You need to think about Christmas and experience God's comfort. To experience His comfort, to experience His forgiveness, you need to marvel at Christmas. But not only that, not only do you need to marvel at Christmas, but you need to move. You need to move. Notice what happened here. Verse 27 says, They were moved by the Spirit, in other words, Simeon got up, he went to the temple, moved. Verse 38, coming to them, 
Anna got up. She, she went to them when they came to the temple. The point, Simeon, Anna, they were movers. And so when the Holy Spirit prompted them, as He's prompting some of you, you know what they did? They moved. They got up. They moved. They moved. They just didn't sit still, but they moved. So the question is, what would happen if they'd not moved? Well, first of all, Simeon would not have been comforted. Secondly, Anna would have not have received redemption. Movers. Every person in the Christmas narrative responded some way in moving. Let me give you an example. Mary, Luke 1, verse 38. She arose when she found out she was with the Christ child. She arose and she went to her cousin. She moved. Joseph, Matthew 1, verse 24. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. He got up. He moved. The shepherds, Luke 2, 15, said, let's go to Bethlehem. The wise men saw the star. What'd they do? They moved out. The point is, when God prompts you to do something, then you need to do it. Because it might mean salvation for you. It might mean full surrender to you, for you. It might, be, it might mean serving other people. When the Holy Spirit prompts you, you need to move. So the question, are you a mover? Notice something else in verse 34. In verse 34, Simeon blessed them, said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, for a sign which shall be spoken against. He says, listen, Simeon told Mary something about her son. Some, you know, he's, he's not saying Merry Christmas to her. He's not saying Happy New Year to her. Simeon tells her that Christmas is not going to be merry. He's telling her that Christmas, he's not telling her that, that the New Year is going to be happy. But he's saying that people will never be happy until people get moving and surrender their lives to the Lord. How true is that? Christmas. Christmas splits people in two camps. When Jesus entered the human race, He came causing the fallen and the rising of many. And because of who Jesus is and what He can do, Jesus forces people to make a decision about Him. He's a rock that you build your life on and you're rising. Or He's the rock that you stumble over and you're falling, and you'll continue falling until you begin to build your life on Him. So today, Jesus is calling each of us. He's calling you. He's calling me to make a decision based on our willingness to respond. We will rise, or we will fall. Because, listen, you can't stay neutral about Jesus. You're either moving closer to Jesus today, or you're moving farther away from Jesus today. You either have the Son or you don't have the Son. And so what are you wanting for Christmas? What are you wanting for Christmas? In order to have comfort, in order to have redemption, first of all, you marvel at Christmas. Secondly, you've got to be a mover. And then you have, to be a, you have to be a messenger. You have to be a messenger at Christmas. Notice what happened in verse 38. Look at verse 38. Anna comes... She comes in that instant. She gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and she spake of him to all them that look for redemption in Jerusalem. 
And so Anna, all of a sudden, she becomes a messenger. So as we work at marveling, as we work at being a mover, then suddenly we become messengers about Jesus. He wants us to become the messengers of the Christmas story. What do you want for Christmas? Comfort, like Simon or Simeon? Forgiveness, like Anna? You want salvation? When we become marvelers and movers, our needs are going to be met, and then we're going to be messengers, and we're going to start telling people about it. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and a time to open your word to see what Simeon and Anna were waiting for so long. Lord, as they waited for the Christ child, I pray for each person here. I don't know what they want for Christmas, but spiritually speaking, I pray with all of my heart Lord, that those here that want to be redeemed, want redemption, let them know today that they can only find it in you. I pray for those who are needing comfort today. Simon, as Simeon needed. I pray, Lord, that let them know they can, they can find that in you. And so, Father, we're not talking about things, stuff, but we're talking about spiritual reality of being lost, being saved, things that last uh, throughout eternity, our soul's salvation or our soul's damnation. And so, Father, help us, I pray today, to get the message of this text. Lord, Simeon waited. He waited to be comforted, to see the comforter of Jerusalem. There's people going through a lot of stuff, Lord. They need comforting. And for Christians, I pray, Lord, they know where the, who the comforter is, where they can find comforter. You tell us you're the God of all comfort. So I pray, Lord, that we'll continue to turn to you. And I pray for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray today that they find out their forgiveness and their redemptions in you. I pray, Lord, they'll turn to you for that. And Father, I pray, I thank you, Lord, for sending your Son into the world. Now, this time that we have to reflect upon that, and the whole world thinks about it, perhaps. And we do thank you, Lord, for loving us enough that you came into this world in human flesh as Emmanuel, God with us. And Lord, you went to the cross and died on the cross as my substitute. And Lord, if I would accept you and your free gift of eternal life, you would forgive me and give me eternal life. It should have been me on that cross. And Lord, the day I, that I gave you my life, I gave you my life. And I pray for those, Lord, for whatever reason, I've turned and walked away. I pray today they would examine their salvation to see if they'd be in the faith or not. If they're not, I pray today they'll be saved. But if they've walked away and they're living a life they know and you're convicting them of, I pray today is the day they come back to you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for always being there for us. Work in this invitation time, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.